Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's hour number two of Oilers Now. It is August the 1st. Tomorrow... And Friday, we'll be down at the Petroleum Golf and Country Club for the Oil Country Championship. It's the Syncrude Oil Country Championship presented by Akon. Then all next week, uh, we've got the uh, Halinka Gretzky Tournament to take place. So that'll be fun. This hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex has our office uh, printers and supply needs covered. They do it all. They could be doing it all for you right now. You can reach us at any time on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline 780-496-0063. A couple of the acts for the River Cree that are in town in August include Nazareth and the Little River Band. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Text us at any time at 630-630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Uh, and you can reach us on Twitter at Oilers Now. Well, I, I think it was before the World Cup or maybe at some point during the World Cup, we had Steve Sandor on. Uh, he is the uh, editor of uh, Avenue Magazine here in town. He is uh, as knowledgeable as it comes to soccer as there is, and I often see him down at uh, Oilers games as well so we are pleased at this time to bring steve sandor back to oilers now steve how you doing doing great thanks all right first of all for all of the uh guys out there that are maybe picking up interest in soccer give us your website where uh, people can get information yeah I, I i write about soccer independently of avenue so i do that at the 11 so the dot yep. ca so fairly easy to hopefully remember the 11.ca that's best place to Sort of get my musings. It's, it's pretty, pretty all things Canadian soccer. So we try to focus on you know how the game is, you know where it's at professionally and at the national team level at, in this country. I had a conversation with Marco Pellegrino, uh, Steve, in the past week, uh, just talking a bit about Owen Hargraves. And I remember when, and you are not Soccer Steve, but there was a fellow named Soccer Steve that I used to work with at the other radio station. And he he had Owen Hargraves on a couple times. And I, I bring up Owen Hargraves because last week, uh, Bayern Munich, who had also previously brought in Owen Hargraves on a tryout basis, uh, basically signed a transfer agreement to get Alfonso Davies. As a guy that's uh, you know, 
been in this Edmonton soccer scene for a while, and Davies comes from Edmonton. Uh, can you perhaps comment on the significance and educate our listeners on what this means internationally for Canadian soccer? And are there comparables to Har- Hargraves, who you know later went on to represent England in uh, you know the Euros and in World Cups as well? I think Hargreaves is a difficult comparison other than they're both Alberta soccer players who play for Bayern Munich. Um, you know, I think that, that you had uh, definitely had uh, some issues uh, with, you know, Hargreaves deciding to play for England. Um, Alfonso's already committed to Canada. He's represented Canada. He can't change. He's already representing Canada at the international competition level that, you know, this is, this is his country. And, and, and he's very proud of, of, of being raised in Canada, being a Canadian citizen now. And that's that's the big difference. Um, Owen Hargreaves really did nothing for Canadian soccer. He did nothing to bring it forward, other than the fact that he was from Calgary. Um, Alfonso Davies, you know, has set a marker saying, "No, it's really important for me to play for Canada." And I and I think back to when the World Cup was announced for 2026, and going back to the vote in Russia, and they brought Alfonso Davies to represent all of Canada to speak to the world, basically. And where he said in the microphone that, you know, his dream is to play a World Cup game in his hometown of Edmonton. I think that just meant so much in terms of, uh, in terms of, 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 you know, just reaching out and saying, hey, this is where I'm from and this is, I'm proud of, of what, what we're going to achieve and I want to build something here with the Canadian program. I want to be part of this. You know, that being said, there's been lots of countries in the world that have produced one or two great players. They have a great cycle, and then they go back to being pretty mediocre uh, because, really, they just couldn't replicate that success. I mean, it's it's up to the Canadian system to, to sort of build on what Alfonso's doing. Um, you know, but I think, you know, for a kid from Edmonton, I'm not specifically saying Canada because places like Vancouver and Toronto have pretty well-defined uh, centers for developing soccer. For my kids who come to Edmonton, and I know we, we, we talked about this a little bit yep. uh, off radio, where I, I, I actually use the Andre Kopitar <laughs> example, um, you know, to have like an NHL player come from Slovenia, uh, to have a player from Edmonton where it's, you know, a brutal winter six months of the year. You don't have a chance to develop. And Edmonton doesn't have the kind of facilities like Vancouver or Toronto has. Like, we don't have a lot of full-sized fields under bubbles where you can play full-sized soccer through the year. And for him to develop here uh, like he has in, in this environment is, is, is really something. And, and I use that Kopitar analogy. I use it on air, no problem, because I think that's kind of that kind of moment for this city. Maybe not necessarily the country as a whole, because Canada does produce some very good soccer players, but uh, just haven't been able to put that into a national team sort of success story. But, you know, from Edmonton for a guy to come and have this kind of buzz. You know, it, it really is incredible. All right, you said he's got this type of buzz. Uh, different player, I think that's fair, than Hargraves, who had, right. you know, strong technical abilities. I don't, you know, you're the expert here, but I don't think he has quite the same explosive upside as Davies. Is that a fair assessment? Um, I, I would compare, maybe I'm being really, I'm really pushing the, the, the analogy and I'm probably putting more pressure on Davies, but he's a left-footed killing of Bobby. Like, I mean... Wing guy who comes off in the wing has blinding speed. Off the wing, loves to take on defenders one on one. I mean, if you've seen some of the highlight reels of the goals he scored for the Whitecaps in the last few like games he's played for him yeah. or this last weekend, he loves to cut in off the wing and he likes to and he loves to take on players. But he is, um, 
growing in confidence by the minute. Obviously, he's feeling it with this, you know, the belief. And, and you know, if, if you think that, that Byron is, or some, you know, cynics might think that Byron is treating this like as sort of a, you know, a fly-on-the-wall kind of signing, it's not. <laughs> he spent a lot of money. And this this high profile, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think I spent, I don't know how much time staring at Byron Munich's website's front page last week, just seeing that full picture of Alfonso in the, in the Byron shirt and just thinking this kid's like grew up on the north side. Um, you know, sort of just sort of putting that, trying to put that together in my head. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, he is a different type of player. I mean, he is going to be a, uh, he's a game breaker. And we'll see what Byron does with him in January right off the bat, whether he'll just play with this maybe like in cup games or such, if they loan him out, or, or if they're going to give him a little bit of a run. I, I don't know. I think it all depends on where they are in the standings. Um, and where where they're at in their season in terms of how comfortable they're feeling, but uh, uh, still for this kind of breakthrough for a kid who's going to turn 18 in November, that's you know it's, it it really is it's still it's a, it's hard to wrap your head around a little bit. I think Real Madrid, uh, you know, just did a transfer with a Brazilian kid that's roughly the same age as uh, Alfonso, but. Are we talking like it, 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 would Alfonso be considered one of the five best 17 year old players on the planet right now? Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, it's been kicked around the World Cup that it's not just five best, like the best, you know, underscore Dallas Dallas size. So, um, again, um, we'll, 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 you know, there's a lot of youth players that have gotten a lot of hype, and I'll be the first person to say it that right. panned out to sort of mediocre careers or okay careers or even good careers, but not like fantastic ones. Um, but there are a lot of players who are hyped as youths, and they did, they did, they didn't perform to that level. So, you know. Everything, everyone I've talked to who's ever been involved with Alfonso on the coaching level talks about how self-motivated he is and how driven he is. And, you know, maybe they were seeing that in him when he was eight years old, um, that drive. And so, you know, when I talked to uh, Tim Adams, who runs the Free Footy program, um, which is a program that helps kids who don't have a lot of money play soccer. Um, a lot of uh, refugee migrant children, when they come to Edmonton, they, they enroll in this program because it's a way for them to sort of get into the, 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 the fabric of the city and playing a sport they're familiar with. And that's what Alfonso came through. And Tim told me he saw the first 15 minutes that he saw Alfonso play the first time. He's like, you know, this kid's destined for greatness. So, you know, it wasn't, it's not a subtle thing. I mean, he, he stuck out like a sore thumb, like as soon as people started seeing him here. It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, we're joined by Stephen Sandor, who uh, is uh heavily immersed in the soccer community in town also an editor uh, for Avenue Steven, I remember seeing Jay Bomeister in the mid-90s, I think he was 11 or 12 and saw him skate with the Golden Bears alumni and I'm like who is that a is that a redshirt freshman that's like you know a a seventeen year old that's come out of junior A or something I'm like who's that and they're like no that's Jay Bomeister he's eleven and you knew right away right you knew he was pretty damn good at that stage and mm-hmm. ended up leading the you know Edmonton to a championship in the brick and that was a big deal at that time and you were telling me that all right so this is great that what's going on with Alfonso but right now Edmonton is pr- uh, producing a disproportionate amount of quality players at the youth level. Why is that? Well, I think uh, last week, FC Edmonton's academy, because while the team's taking the year off, while they're getting ready for Canadian Premier League next year, they kept their academy going, which is like their youth players that they bring in. And Jeff Paulus, the coach, brought them to one of the most prestigious under-17 tournaments in the world. And then I, and I use the comparison to a, to a Holinka Gretzky Cup. Like, okay. It's in Northern Ireland. They do it every year. It used to be called the Milk Cup. Now it's called the Super Cup. 
And I mean, a who's who world superstars have played there as U-17s. Um, a lot of the biggest clubs in Europe, uh, some of the biggest clubs in Mexico, uh, South America, the American Academy send their clubs to this tournament. SC Edmonton Academy won their group. They um, they turned a lot of heads. They didn't make it to the semifinals. Uh, it was a bit wonky the way that they do it. There's five groups of four, and the four top first place teams make the semifinal. Edmonton won the other group. Okay. So they ended up being like the fifth best seed. But the fact is, I think the cynic would say, hey, this Canadian team's going over there. They should get killed or something like that. And they didn't. They actually played very well. And Prince Amanda, who is a, a 17-year-old, who's you know, getting a little bit of buzz. I think he scored four goals in the first two games. And so, you know, they are, there are lots of seeds here for kids. Um, and I mean, this is, this is a, this is a big tournament. When you look uh, at the, sorry, the player's name, uh, Stephen, the, the player's name was Prince Amanda. Prince Amanda. Wow. You're not going to forget that. You won't forget. That's a great handle. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. So so what you're saying is it's just not Alfonso. There's the potential for some other... When you say there's other... like, Are, are you telling me that Barcelona's developmental program, they participate in this event or some of the top flight... There's cl- been other big clubs. They've, you know, in and out, some have been. Uh, like, for example, Chivas and Club America from Mexico, two of the big clubs from Mexico, sent their youth teams. Um, Newcastle had their youth team there. Uh, Manchester United sent their youth team. Wow. They've gone in the past, and they're going to go there. Um, so yeah, there are big clubs, and you know they, you know, you, you watch the games from there, and they run that big promo of all like the superstars who played like as seventeen-year-olds right. at this tournament, and it's a who's who of Premiership and European superstars. So this is a big, big tournament, and you know, for a Canadian team to go over there, it's a little bit of new ground, and um, you know, Edmonton. I think if they just even would have held their own, it would have been a story. Right. But I think the fact that they they won some games over there, and I, I, you know, I think for me, just personally satisfying on the rivalry level. Sure. They played in a, an academy of American elite kids, just because the Americans tend to look down on our system so much, and they walloped them three nothing. So I, yeah, that was good. Anytime, <laughs> so, you be, anytime you beat the U.S., it's yeah, a good it was. Uh, it's a group of like he's from the East Coast. Uh, there was a group of American kids, and they beat them. So that that was great, and. Uh, you know, I don't, you can't put too much stock in, I guess, the wins and losses at that level, but I think the fact that they're going to that level and, you know, it's, I, I think the MLS academies like Toronto Baker, they do their own thing. They have their own tournaments. But, yep. You know, for us to for us to send a team, the city, to one of the bigger European tournaments or maybe the biggest European tournament and say, we're going we're gonna to try our luck over there, um, I, think, I think speaks to... You know where the city's punching in terms of youth soccer, and and again, 
it kind of boggles my mind a little bit when I think about how limited Edmonton is when it comes to facilities, when it comes to the weather. Um, let's face it, you, it's, it's, not a, it's not an easy city to be a soccer player in. Um, this is, uh, you know... Uh, so so is, it co- is, it, not is it coaching? Is it an openness in terms and an acceptance of... You know, uh, is it part of the the culture that's that's here? Because you know, most Edmontonians are going to help out other. You know, because you're, you're, you've mentioned uh, you know kids that are immigrants and and and, and things like that getting an opportunity. Get an, is there something going on there that's that's creating a certain type of uh, of player that can compete at a level that maybe does allow them to punch above their weight class? I, I think what we've seen is maybe there is. I mean, there's politics, and I think anyone in minor hockey knows this. Sure. I know politics, when you have volunteers and parents and coaches, is always a problem. I think that it's, it's been a huge problem in Canadian soccer uh, for a long time um, in terms of developing players, and it's to their hindrance, and guys have gotten missed, or players have, you know, been dis- dis- disillusioned or driven out of soccer. Well, in fairness to Hargraves, is that not like he didn't get identified at like 16, did he not? Or 17? Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't put on one of the youth teams and, you know, he got really bent out of joint about it. And I, and I think you had Asmir Begovic who had similar problems who was, you know, the Edmonton goalie who was playing in the Premiership, you know, but decided not to play for Canada anymore. He switched to Bosnia where he was born, right? So, um, you know, up until this point, I think Asmir would be the biggest name of an Edmonton-raised player, like playing the, playing the Premiership. Um, but, you know, he doesn't do it under as a Canadian. He does it, you know, as, as a Bosnian, which is hilarious because I know guys who know Asmir, and he's like a diehard Oilers fan. So, all right. An Oilers fan. So, but, but, yeah, but the politics, I don't think are strong here, Bob. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think there's a greater sense of a little bit more cooperation. Uh, I think... The politics, like in Ontario and in Vancouver, are stifling. You know, there have been lawsuits in Vancouver that have gone on between, and I think Ontario, there's been a lot of politics involved. I think Ontario's building, they've got their own semi-pro league that they're working at. Right. But I think, you know, we're finding a good system. I think, I think, I think the sky's the limit for that free footy program in terms of bringing kids in who are coming to Canada and uh, identifying them and, and seeing, you know, that there's, there's, there's some real kids who can play. And it's not just about kids who can play. It's about, you know, just giving kids a sense of place and feeling welcome in this country. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of things that are going right. I also think, you know, honestly, I think Jeff Paulus at, at the F-17 Academy, who's now taking over as going to be the team's head coach next year in the professional level, yeah. has done a wonderful job at working with kids. Um, you know, they sent a few kids from that academy who've gone to MLS. Shamit Shomes playing in Montreal. Amir Didich is with Sporting Kansas City. Um, both kids from Edmonton um, who have come up through FC Edmonton system in some way and have, have gone on to go to MLS now. Uh, so, you know, when you look at there's probably more players, you know, it's weird that I think there's actually more players in MLS. I'm, you know, I'd have to look it up again, but I think there's more from Edmonton. They're all from Vancouver right now. This is not uh, Toronto or Brampton. Uh, you know, Brampton runs... Yeah, half, seems like half the Canadian teams from Brampton. But the the when you think about that, when you think about the advantages Vancouver has over us, sure. In terms of you know where you think, oh, you can play twelve months a year. Um, that 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 they're not producing at that level. You know, it's something, and and I think that we have guys who are playing, and I think that bodes well too for Edmonton going into this game Premier League next year. I, you know, I think everyone expects this team to be one of the better teams in the league. I mean, the pressure's on them a little bit, but I think they welcome that, that they're expecting with their academy and with the young players are bringing up and with the pedigree 
that they're going to be one of the better teams. All right. Let's final question, and it's a, a multi-billion dollar question since Canada's hosting in 2026. Are we going to have a good team by then? I mean, you look at what's happened in Iceland, and they've got a tremendous uh, amount of coaches for the amount of players they have. They have a very disciplined system. I don't know if they have a player that has the upside of an Alfonso Davies, but can Canada uh, field a competitive team within eight years? Iceland, like they, they have a very systemic way of doing it, right? I mean, they're playing in a system. There's not a lot of, you know, it's not a lot of actual, you know, individual creative flair in the Iceland team. They, they are very good at putting players into a system and making it work. I think, you know, I, we're definitely going to be better. I, you know, I definitely think this country, there's no excuse for us not to qualify for every World Cup. I mean, in the region that we're in, yeah. we should have been doing this with the resources we have as a country that, you know, um, that we're not doing it. It's kind of, it's really been embarrassing. And we, I think, now have some players going forward. I mean, Davies is one. You know, we have some veteran guys who I think will be in their 30s when the World Cup comes in, you know, 2026. But I think they can steer the ship a little bit, like a guy like Jonathan Osorio, who I think is going to move to Europe pretty pretty quickly from Toronto FC. But he's in his mid-20s, so, you know, he'll be in his 30s when this World Cup rolls around in 2026. But I think at this level, we are developing young players. We have, you know, Liam Miller, who's with, in the Liverpool system, um, another another teenager who's pretty exciting. Um you know, we're talking about kids that we're seeing now go over and make bigger splashes. And I think you look at uh, some of the younger players at TFC as well, uh, guys like Ryan Telfer, uh, Liam Fraser, uh, who are doing some things. I think you see some of the players in FC Edmonton's Academy. And you're going to start seeing more players, hopefully this came Premier League. The biggest thing is less players slipping through the cracks. Yeah. And I mean, I think the scariest thing that Tim told me at Free Footy, that was the saddest thing, is he said, we had other kids who had the potential as Alfonso, but they sort of slipped through the cracks in our system, and we've got to fix that. And so, you know, I think that's the thing. We have to be in that, that situation where we're catching these kids and, and giving them a net and showing them, hey, there's a place for you to play, a place for you to develop. Because I think now, you know, we're, we're kind of at a, at, a, at a key turning point. I mean, the World Cup, I don't think it was an opportunity. I think it was a deadline. We have to have our stuff together by 2026. It's a great point. Um, you know, and, and I, I, you know, people are saying, "Oh, it's an opportunity." I'm like, "No, the opportunity was bidding for the World Cup. Now that it's coming to Canada, now we have a deadline that we have to put up. Um, you know, it's it's now time to to show something. It's now it's time to say we're going to be at home, and we want to give our home fans something that they can really believe in. And it starts in 2022. It starts with getting to that World Cup in 2022, and being there and not being an also ran, you know, not not going there to show up and no offense to, to to some of the teams, but not going in and looking like Saudi Arabia did in the opener against Russia right. at this World Cup. It's to go and be competitive and go and show that we, we have we have some players and that we belong and, and this, this the process started. It should have started a long time ago. But it is it is a deadline. And I look at it as a little bit scary. We gotta get this done. Because the last thing you want to do is be embarrassed on your home on your home turf. Stephen, great stuff. Thanks for taking time to join us here in Oilers now. All right, thanks a lot. You bet. That's Steve Sandor. Uh, he is the uh, editor of uh, Avenue Magazine, and he knows his soccer. One twenty-six, and there are some correlations. It's, it's inter- is it possible right now? Edmonton's starting to produce better soccer players than hockey players. Is that conceivable? It's interesting what's going on there. Uh, Andre Kopitar. I don't know. I compare. I brought up Drysaddle just because Drysaddle, I think, is the best German player. He's playing for the Oilers, and, you know, 
Alfonso is going to go play for Bayern Munich out of Edmonton. It's kind of an interesting trade, isn't it, in a way? Uh, it is 126 in Edmonton. We're going to talk about a bit about this with Reed Wilkins, who's coming in the studio from Inside Sports. We'll get his thoughts on Cam Talbot as well. After a global news weather traffic update, no relationship to a uh, longtime uh, QMJHL head coach Clement Jodwan. It's Cassandra Jodwan up next. When you want to fly your Oilers' colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca.